Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Let it rain! You remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go. It is uh, Monday Funday here, the uh, 20th of January 2020, as uh, we look to pick up the pieces and try and make sense of what was an absolute epic weekend in the world of sports, uh, delivering us just a... Uh, a plethora of opportunities to be able to profit uh, along the way. You had, of course, NBA, you had college hoops, you had a little UFC, you had some golf, you had NHL, and oh yeah, you still had uh, two football games uh, to decide exactly who will be playing in Super Bowl uh, 53 in Miami uh, in just 13 days. It's going to be uh, a great game because it was a great weekend in all of it when you put it together. Plenty of opportunities, upsets galore, underdogs uh, cashing tickets, uh, favorites, uh, big favorites, of course, walking away after 40 seconds of what was a fixed fight anyway. Amazing to me uh, how many people bought that UFC package there and were pissed off somehow that it only lasted 40 seconds with Conor McGregor and, uh, and Cowboy Cerrone, but I digress. The bottom line is we were all looking forward to yesterday because yesterday that was going to be the moneymaker. That was going to be the opportunity for betters, uh, whether it be the public uh, or the pros. They were going to cash in yesterday unless, of course, you had a couple of blowouts at which particular point. If you were going contrarian, if you were going dog shopping yesterday, yeah, that was probably the weekend uh, not to do it. but. I think when it is all said and done, no matter what side of the fence you were on yesterday, whether it would be you were backing the favorites or you were backing the underdogs, I think we can all take solace in saying that the two very best teams in the NFL this year are playing for it all. And it wasn't a fluky or this team just got hot at the end, but I would say the two very best teams, the, the two most consistent teams all year in the NFL uh, doing it their way have uh, have found their way to Miami to win, to battle, really, for what is going to be a Super Bowl champion. And uh, uh, bring in uh, Jared Smith joining us here once again, who uh, was on with me yesterday in uh, on Pro Football Today as we were trying to set it all up, but I think it's the one thing that we can take solace, whether you were on the winning side or not yesterday. This isn't some flukiness. This isn't, this is going to be probably one of the more competitive, one of the most fun Super Bowls, I think, that we have seen in a long time because we know exactly who these two teams are. They know exactly who they are, and it's going to be real fun to see uh, which style and which coach ends up uh, winning it all. And uh, I, I can't wait for it. 13 days. I wish it was tomorrow, but we'll have a lot of time to break it down. But at least I, I think they got it right. Uh, I really do, Jared. Yeah, no, they definitely did. And, you know, we get to this point in the season and, and you just hope that we get the competitive football that we are hoping for. <laughs> and we got 10. So, so this is I, I went back and looked at this this morning. 
we had 10 games in the playoffs. All 10 teams that won covered the spread. There was no middling action where a team won and didn't cover. So it, 10 and 0, all you had to do was pick winners. And I know some of them were a little harder to pick because they were a little double digit. But I was very impressed, obviously, with what Kansas City did yesterday. And, and you know, some people would say Baltimore was the better team this year. But I think Patrick Mahomes start to finish when he was healthy and 100 percent and on the field. He showed why he is the best quarterback in the reigning MVP. And the 49ers, I would say, have been the most dominant team in terms of physicality. Uh, from start to finish on both sides of the ball. Baltimore's offense, obviously very physical and very good this year, uh, but San Francisco's defense, a top five DVOA unit, San Francisco's offense, a top 10 DVOA unit. People would say that they have been the most balanced team from start to finish this season. A little bit of a lull, some interesting losses there. That Falcons game was a little bit curious. Mm. Kansas City obviously had to deal with the loss of Patrick Mahomes, so I think anything in the middle part of their season uh, can certainly be taken out because of his injury. But start to finish, San Francisco yesterday against Green Bay, definitely the two more impressive performances. Uh, San Francisco, and you called it on Pro Football Today, you were, you, were, you were spot on with this game. San Francisco continued to be a bull. And what they showed yesterday is they can bully the best teams in football around. And that's going to be a fascinating matchup because that defense for San Francisco against Kansas City's offense is going to be one of the most interesting and breakdown and talked about matchups in Super Bowl history because you've got Patrick Mahomes, who's the reigning MVP, going up against arguably the best defense in football. And they've got two weeks to prepare. So we've got plenty of Andy week by week trends, uh, Andy Reid by week trends to get to over the next two weeks as we break yeah. this thing down, Joe. Yeah, it's um, a lot of storylines, too. And I think that's one of the um, that's one of the uh, things, too, that we're looking forward to is that it's not it's not Tom Brady, guys. It's not Bill Belichick storylines. It's. Yeah, we've got uh, one of the all-time greats in Andy Reid, a certainly going to be a public favorite, uh, going up against uh, you know one of the one of the best coaches in the league here in Shanahan, who also has quite the lineage there from uh, with uh, with Pop and everybody else. Uh, the first father-son combination, I believe, to actually uh, have a chance not only to go to the Super Bowl but have a chance to actually win it as uh, as head coaches. Andy Reid, he's been waiting. 15 long years for an opportunity to be able to get this shot done. But it's going to be the first time in a long time that we're going to be talking about no Tom Brady, no Bill Belichick, no Patriots dynasty. This is this is all new here, guys. It's the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs, the uh, the 50 year drought they have uh, to wipe it out, taken on a 49ers team that is one of the most storied franchises in all of football. This would be number six, and that would tie them with the Patriots and the Steelers for the most all time. So this is a clash of both of these teams and both of these franchises have different storylines and different things that can be accomplished with a win in this game. Uh, but make no mistake about it. You also have two teams that have proven, and especially yesterday, that e balance and the ability to mix it up and do things differently, not being one dimensional, is the key to make it through. Because what we've seen Absolutely. both with Tennessee and uh, and Aaron Rodgers and company, guys, you can't win in the NFL or even Baltimore Ravens for that matter. We'll talk more about yeah. this coming up. If you're one dimensional, it'll only get you so far. You need you need some balance.
And it'll be interesting to see if we get any of that coming up in the next 13 days. So much more on the big game and the weekend. We'll do that coming up next year as we look to make it rain on the grid, sportsgrid.com. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Welcome back in here to the grid, uh, sportsgrid.com. Time to make it rain. I'm Joe Ranieri, joined by uh, Jared Smith, as uh, hopefully uh, Dane Martinez can pick up the uh, pieces and uh, <laughs> remember where he is and uh, make it back from his uh, bachelor party Has he party stumbled weekend. onto your condo door yet? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, he's stumbling, losing phone, yeah, watches, right. uh, ID. Oh, he lost his it, phone? I'm not he sure he's going to be able to make it uh, back because I don't know if he has serious? his wallet he lost, anymore. He lost so, his phone. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's a. It's been a bit of a weekend for the uh, four parties, man. But he'll oh get back. He'll, he'll get back, and yeah, uh, it's he'll, he'll uh, hitchhike what, back to New York. Yeah, exactly. He'll walk. <laughs> Eventually, he'll Uber and never be able to pay it. But that's okay. No. Um, it was a hell of a weekend, though, guys. Yesterday was just the uh, the icing on the cake. Uh, it started with uh, an epic Saturday and. Uh, college hoops, uh, some great NBA. Oh, yeah. Saturday was nuts in college basketball. Oh, my God. UFC, uh, of course, yeah. uh, a fight card that culminated in a 40-second beatdown, which uh, people continue to be amazed at. Oh, wow. He kicked him and he fell down. What a shock. Um, but yesterday, that first game in Kansas City, 3 o'clock, you and I were on air um, talking with, uh, with, with Blewett and Ariel and trying to put together the the best approach and game plan to go with that. And kind of exactly what we thought was going to happen kind of happened. Uh, you know, Tennessee doing what Tennessee has done now uh, throughout the playoffs. They, uh, they went out and they stuck with the running game. They stuck with Derrick Henry. They were able to uh, move the ball and they were able to put points on the board early in that game. And the defense was able to come up with some stops. Kansas City started off slow like they have done uh, in the previous game that we've seen. And then before we know it, it's a 17-7 game. And we're all going, wow, what in the uh, what is going on here? And then, of course, you know, Kansas City in the second quarter kind of uh, kind of turned it on, which they have done all throughout the year and kind of never looked back. And some interesting things from Tennessee side in that game is I thought they got away from Derrick Henry and what had gotten them there a little quick. Um, 100%. You know, they they just, it seemed like they panicked in the moment because of the defense wasn't able, you know, Mahomes goes down and scores on, you know, two straight possessions, and it's like, oh, no, here we go. And then they kind of, on a couple of defensive stops on Derrick Henry there, and it it, it just... It felt to me watching it like panic was setting in with them, and I thought they yeah. got away from it way too quick uh, at that particular point and didn't really give them an opportunity. They weren't committed to Derrick Henry, which is a little mind-blowing, and it's certainly something I would uh, question 
if I was a Tennessee fan going, what? why go away, uh, you know, Jared, from what it helped us get here all this time sure. simply because it's the Kansas City Chiefs? And I think, it, it, you know, they set the tone early because we talked about it on the morning show, just how good Tennessee's been in the red zone. Mm-hmm. And right down on the first drive of the game, the Chiefs held them to three. And I know that, you know, they were able to get the touchdown on the following drive to make it 10 nothing. But I do think the Chiefs were able to kind of stand their ground enough early. And then what we saw kind of play out later in the game is Kansas City really started to dominate offensively. And that put Tennessee back on their heels for the first time in this postseason. For the first time in this postseason, the Titans defense looked a little bit confused out on the field. They had held uh, their opponents to 25 points in the first two games. The Patriots obviously did not present much of a challenge at all, dynamically wise, offensively, you know, personnel wise. The Ravens obviously did present a challenge to Tennessee, but they were able to kind of out scheme Baltimore and turn Lamar Jackson into a thrower. That was not going to be an issue for Patrick Mahomes, whether he's throwing the ball, whether he's running the ball. He looked very comfortable uh, yesterday against the Titans. There were a couple moments maybe in the first quarter uh, that they looked a little sluggish again, a couple of drops. But for the most part, uh, that Tennessee or that uh, Kansas City offense is kind of like a, a, a sports car. Once they get revved up, there's nobody better than them in the NFL at just absolutely you know, obliterating you, uh, not only on the ground, but also through the air. I, I do think it's something to note for Kansas City, and this is something that will handicap over the next two weeks but Patrick Mahomes has been the team's leading rusher in both playoff games Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a sustainable uh, way to win a game against the San Francisco 49ers who are obviously going to bludgeon you up front so I think that's a concern for Kansas City but what they showed yesterday is that they can play against any type of defense in any type of situation and 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 the Titans did get away from Henry in the second half there were a couple drives there in the third quarter when they were only down by two scores that they just threw through through and and, and I said it, I was like, well, I, I can feel the Tannehill mistake coming. And he didn't make the fatal mistake, but he didn't look dynamic yesterday. You could tell that when they ask him to do too much, he's not capable of carrying that kind of a load like Patty Mahomes is. And Derrick Henry just didn't quite have the legs to get them through what was probably that tough stretch, late second quarter, early mm. third quarter, that really decided that game. Kansas City really took that game by the throat. And then Mahomes is, just, I mean, he's just unbelievable. I, you know, anyone who said uh, that that any quarterback in the NFL is better than him at this stage hasn't been watching. I think Lamar Jackson's the MVP, of course, based on his season and his statistics. But Patrick Mahomes, to me, is still the best quarterback top to bottom in the NFL, and he proved it yesterday. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, kudos to the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, bottom line is that they are a force to be reckoned with. They were in this championship game last year. And because a couple of bounces didn't go their way, they didn't end up making it to the Super Bowl. Sure. And they weren't going to be denied at home again uh, this year going up against a Tennessee team that, let's face it, you know, for the last month of the season, guys, they've been playing playoff football. Yeah. And most Cinderella, of it on the road. They were the Cinderella. Yeah. They, they've been the Cinderella. And they were on the road. It, it yeah. was going to take its toll at some point. Uh, it was just a kind of a matchup nightmare for them on many levels. The big question was, did did Derrick Henry and that offensive line have enough left in them in order to be able to maybe keep this game close enough? And they did a great job in the first half, but then that defense just, they were so worried about the deep ball. They were so concerned um, that they kept trying to drop guys back. They were hesitant on blitzing Mahomes. Oh, and Mahomes then when they did... 
Yeah, and we said it yesterday. If you're going to give Mahomes all day to throw back there, then he's going to move around, and those guys, you're not going to be able to cover them, those wide receivers, for that long. And that kind of is what they got in trouble. And when they start rolling, like touchdown, uh, oh, three and a touchdown, oh, three and a <laughs> touchdown, it, you know, all of a sudden you could see the panic in uh, in yeah. Tennessee's eyes. But to their credit, listen, they didn't they didn't give up. You know, the fake punt call there in the fourth was fantastic. You know, scoring on a touchdown drive there, um, hoping that they could get another uh, something, uh, you know, as far as maybe a three and out and be able to get Kansas City off the field to make it close. But listen, all in all, they were a seven and a half point favorite. Right. So uh, teasers came into play with that last touchdown by uh, Tennessee. Oh, uh, those that had even took Tennessee at 13, 13 and a half. You cashed uh, those that backed, uh, pushed Kansas City down to minus one, minus one and a half. You cashed. So there was really either way from a teaser standpoint, if that's the direction you went, which was something we had been harking on for all week. Um, you cashed the ticket there, uh, without a doubt, with the way that came, thanks to Tennessee uh, not being able to score in that final drive and uh, ultimately Kansas City just kneeling it. So it should have been a profitable moment, uh, should have been profitable from that standpoint. And the over, listen, it was coming down while we were on air yesterday. Yeah, yeah it was. It, it kept coming down, and then it was quite apparent uh, when all of a sudden 17-7 to 7 and we're in the second, started the second corner, we're like, yeah, this is the the under is not going to happen in this game. Not even close. Yeah, 21-17 at halftime, and it's still uh, kind of struggled to get there down the stretch, mm -hmm. but then that Anthony Frisker touchdown kind of sealed it because uh, there were some people floating with probably 52, and it was on 52 uh, yep. right at that last moment. So there was probably some people that were sweating it out uh, until the end, and then that Anthony Frisker touchdown uh, pushed everything over. Uh, it, you know, it, it's, it's kind of funny. I was looking through some of the numbers from this game. On paper, Tennessee did everything that they really wanted to do. They basically ran the same amount of plays uh, as the Chiefs. They held them to mm -hmm. under 450 yards of total offense. Uh, they they did everything that they wanted to do from a statistical standpoint, but what they could not account for was Patrick Mahomes. And, yep. it, you know, the, the, the most fascinating thing about Mahomes, he takes these extra long drops, and yes. he's able to kind of get back and really scan the field. And, and when it's not there... He is so he has the best awareness I've seen since almost Russell Wilson of just being yep. able to figure out and, and that run at the end of the first half that might have been the best run I've seen. Yep. Crazy stuff. Also, great reactions from Andy Reid and company. We'll let you hear those after the game as we move along here. Let's make it rain on the grid. SportsGrid.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So when you get a chance, make sure you head over to uh, YouTube if you haven't done so already and subscribe to our channel, Sports Grid Network. You get all the sports wagering and fantasy advice you need all the time, 24 hours a day. Just head over to YouTube 
and follow and subscribe the Sports Grid Network. Hit that little bell in the upper right-hand corner and never miss an episode. And uh, when you're going ahead and uh, dropping selfies of what you ate uh, later today on uh, Instagram, you can go ahead and make sure you tell us there at Sports Grid TV. Also, uh, all the picks and highlights from all the shows available to you there on Instagram and uh, golf yesterday too. Over the weekend, we had uh, the start of the PGA Tour swing uh, yes, right now. American Express, California. Right? The American Express. You had the Abu Dhabi, and let's face mm. it, guys, you've got an opportunity to be the next golf fantasy legend, and you can do so this season by going for the green with DailyRoto.com. And right now, and this is cool, for a limited time. You can get yourself free access to all of Daily Roto's PGA DFS products, which include the fantasy projections powered by Data Golf. You get all the PGA betting tools and, of course, the DailyRoto.com Fantasy Golf Optimizer. So bottom line here is don't lay up. You got a chance to make a lot of money in the PGA Tour this season with Daily Roto. So head to DailyRoto.com. Enter the promo code GREEN and get yourself access to that free seven-day golf membership. That's DailyRoto.com, promo code GREEN. That'll start your free trial. And remember, DailyRoto.com. It is certainly where millionaires are made. I'll tell you what. It's been seven years coming, baby. I learned one thing since I've been here. You got to fight for your right. Not Major. sure where Travis Kelsey uh, dropping in the Beastie Boys, but I appreciate the uh, the effort there. Congratulations uh, to, oh, and it has man. been. It's been seven years. Yeah, ever. Exactly. He kind of ruined it for all of us. Uh, but whether it be uh, Mahomes or whether it be uh, Andy Reid, I mean, I think there was one um, overwhelming theme in that building yesterday, and I thought that um, Mahomes kind of put it the best about how special Andy Reid is to this team and how Absolutely. to the organization, to the city of Kansas City. And uh, he talked about what it's like for playing for Andy Reid. No, he didn't. I mean, I think that's the best thing about playing with Coach Reid. Playing for Coach Reid is that he he lets you be who you are. He lets you go out there and and really play the way that you want to play as long as it's uh, according to the guidelines of how to play the quarterback position. He lets you be who you are. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely key, guys, because – and this is another one of those situations as we look for another round of coaching and head coaches and stuff. There is really in the NFL, there is no substitute for experience. And Andy Reid throughout his career, especially in, in Philadelphia, was a um, was a little more strict in his uh, in his ways. But he did a couple of things with this Kansas City team that is the mark of a great coach. Number one, he was willing to evolve and change. He gave up play calling duties. And handed them over to Eric Bieniemy because it was getting to be too much and it was getting stale. So the minute he hands it over to Eric Bieniemy, now all of a sudden this Chiefs offense takes off to another level. He also is willing to say, you know what, I my approach and my philosophy has got to be different here. And like Mahomes said, and not just Mahomes, he's letting these guys, he's giving them the freedom to be who they are. It is not a strict, you know, this is how you run. This is, you've got to be over here. This is the play. No, Andy Reid is giving these guys an opportunity to be able to be who they are and maximize their benefits. Not all coaches, a lot of egotistical ones are okay with that because they don't want to live and die by your improvising. But Andy Reid recognizes what he's got going on here with Mahomes and company 
and he was willing to change his philosophy. And I think the third thing he did was, uh, you know, hours after he lost last year to New England, he fired his longtime buddy there, Bob Sutton, uh, defensive coordinator, yep. and brought in Steve Spagnuolo. So who's done a he, great he, job. He re- yeah, he really has, guys. I mean, you're talking about a team that was giving up over 420 yards last year as a defense to just over 300 yards this year. That's the difference. But again, you've got to be willing to look a guy that has been in war with you from the beginning, Bob Sutton, and you got to fire him 24 hours after you just lost to uh, to New England. Uh, then you got to make the right hire. So like everything Andy Reid has done has been an, an involvement to get him. He's evolved this entire time to get him to come here to Miami and have a chance to win it all. Uh, kudos to him. I don't think enough can be said or I don't think he gets enough praise uh, as he's just a guy that, well, he's he's good, but he never gets the job done. I, you know, part of me is rooting for Andy Reid to finally get that job done. Yeah, Andy Reid kind of has that Cubs vibe, kind of like the lovable mm-hmm. loser vibe. But I'll tell you what, I looked this up the other day, and I, I'm glad that it came to fruition because I think it really speaks to how good of a coach Andy Reid is. Don Shula, Bill Parcells, Dan Reeves, Dick Vermeil, Mike Holmgren, John Fox. Those are the only other six coaches in football to take two different teams to the Super Bowl as a head coach. And now That's Andy Reid joins that ranks as the seventh coach. And mm-hmm. I just mentioned probably – six of the best head coaches in football history. I mean, you know, obviously you can argue a few, give or take, but Shula, Parcells, Vermeil. I mean, you're talking about coaching royalty that now Andy Reid joins. And, you know, you, you've just got to tip your cap. I, I did the show with Kevin Walsh yesterday, and, and we didn't do the Chiefs game, but we had a chance to talk about it before the Niners game started. And even as an Eagles fan, Kevin Walsh is – tipping the cap to Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. And let's be real. The Eagles fans don't give praise to former players or coaches very often. But I no. think the fact that even the Eagles fans are saying, hey, Andy, you know, Mazel Tov there, that is something that is worth mentioning. He is a coach that brings people together and he's a leader of men. And he's gotten yeah. a bad rap, obviously, for his big game coaching over his career. And there were a few moments yesterday and even last week where you're like, oh, is this going to happen again to Andy Reid where he's going to you know, fall flat uh, as a big favorite uh, in a chance to go to the Super Bowl or win a big game? But that didn't happen. He has Patrick Mahomes on his side. And as long as you don't as long as you don't screw things up too badly, you're going to have a guy in Patty Mahomes is going to bail you out of a lot of spots, a lot of tough spots in the playoffs, uh, kind of like Donovan McNabb did back in the day mm-hmm. for him when he was with Philadelphia. So kind of similar spots there. I would say Mahomes is probably a little more talented top to bottom than McNabb, but the level of pedigree that you have in that quarterback taking you to the Super Bowl, you just have to put the right people in the right place. And he certainly did that this year. You cannot give enough credit to Steve Spagnola. Another situation where we've seen, and this is almost like a Jason Garrett situation uh, that, you know, a, a former head coach who didn't really work out too well, now going to a defensive coordinator role and for Garrett, the offensive coordinator role, uh, but with Spagnola. Nola, you you just have seen what what has now been a really impressive unit come together, and the defense has really carried this team. I mean, I know Patrick Mahomes has done his fair share, but when he was out, it was the defense in a lot of those games that really shut the door uh, and really clinched that division for Kansas City. There was a little doubt there midseason. Oakland was coming on strong. Kansas City had just lost Mahomes. The defense rallied behind Matt Moore, and they were able to kind of put themselves in a spot to get the bye and to put themselves in this position to be opposing uh, Baltimore in that bracket. Baltimore gets knocked out. They get the home road uh, to the Super Bowl with Tennessee coming in, and everything just kind of fell into place for Andy Reid and company this year. Yeah, it's 
And again, it all starts with a guy that's willing to evolve himself as a coach and realize that, you know, he can't keep doing the same things that uh, that he's always done. He relinquishing control of the 100%. offense like he did is guys, that's not easy for Andy Reid. I mean, this was um, and, and he failed enough times and, and realizes that I, I got to do something different. And that ability to be able to say, you know what? Be enemy, I trust you. You handle this. You you call the plays from now now, and uh, allowing him to focus on some other things really cleaned up those little things. And of course, uh, Spagnuolo was just the uh, a guy that has been there, has done that. Your your defense is a is giving up a hundred yards less on average than it did a year ago, and they still kind of had that stigma. But what you watched there yesterday, and what you've seen over the the first two games of the playoffs with them. Uh, this is not the same old, same old uh, Chiefs defense. It's the only thing that's been missing in this equation, in this recipe. Uh, they seem to have that now. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens moving forward. Because another thing we certainly have here is we have two of the very best play callers, the most innovative mm. offensive minds in the NFL, um, getting ready to do battle. And they come with, two of the very best defenses and defensive-minded head coaches as well into Miami with two weeks to prepare, mind you, both of these guys. So to me, I, I can't wait. There's a reason why this game opened up as a pick em. Kansas yeah. City obviously gets a lot of the money early, so now they're one, one and a half. Uh, the total is going to continue to fly up. But just the coaching matchup alone, I don't know that you can get any better than what we've got coming up here. No, and, and, you know, it's funny because I think on paper, and I, I'm going to stress this because I think it's the one time that I think San Francisco gets the edge. I think on paper, top to bottom, offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency, San Francisco probably is the better team, but I think but I think Kansas City has the it factor of Patty Mahomes, and I think that's why they're going to draw a lot of the public money in this game. I jumped on the Niners yesterday when the route was starting to kind of happen and I kind of thought if this route continued, I might get a little bit of value with the Niners as a plus. I got them at plus 115 on the money line. And mm. the markets agreed with me a little bit. I see plus 102 on FanDuel now. Uh, so, the, the, and, and I do think actually there's going to be two-way action in, in, in this matchup because of San Francisco's uh, efficiency ratings on both sides of the ball. I think when the Sharps start to break this game down over the next week or so, they're going to start to see San Francisco really head and shoulders, statistically speaking, has been one of the best teams in the NFL this season. I think the Chiefs do have that wow factor of Patty Mahomes, and I think they're going to draw most of the public money. But I think there's going to be a lot of money coming in on San Francisco in this game. I think that coaching staff, as you said, has been elite this season. They have been absolutely dominant in the playoffs, especially on defense. I mean, what they did to Minnesota last week. They just mm. put on a clinic in the second half, and they carried that over this week. Aaron Rodgers was harassed yesterday, and there yep. was not a moment in that game where he looked comfortable. And I think that speaks to what the Niners defensively can do to one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. Yep. More on the uh, look-ahead lines. We'll do that next year on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Let's make it rain.
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. So here's some numbers for you guys. Uh, Patrick Mahomes now has four playoff games under his belt. He's got 11 touchdowns and zero interceptions uh, to date. So it's, and I know people will, uh, it's funny. We use the term franchise quarterback uh, very loosely in the NFL. And uh, the truth is very few guys, I think, can be put into that category and uh, Patrick Mahomes is what the definition of a franchise quarterback should look like, guys, when he can uh, do what he does, when he can bring a team back from 24 nothing, when he can uh, do the kinds of things that you are watching him do. Uh, that is the definition of a franchise quarterback. And uh, not saying that you need to have somebody that has uh, is that athletic or throws the ball harder or anything along those lines. You just uh, you can't put your finger on it, but you need. You need that kind of leader, that kind of guy that when the game is on the line um, and when you're down in a situation in big moments that your franchise quarterback has to elevate you uh, to that next level. Now, and that's really what this comes down to in in uh, two Sundays here is we know Patrick Mahomes is a franchise quarterback. We, we know Jimmy Garoppolo is being paid as a franchise quarterback, but we don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is or brings to the table that same franchise quarterback qualities that uh, that Mahomes brings. It is the perfect team, that being the 49ers, where they great defense. I mean, above average defense, crazy defense, running games, second to none, really, in the NFL. Uh, position players, one of the best tight ends. It's the perfect team going up against the perfect player. And Absolutely. And they on and paper, will I they. think the Niners are better, Joe. On paper, I, I, on a I lot of you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Special teams. I mean, you go down yeah. the list, but top, top, you, do you have that franchise quarterback that you can match so. score for score with? I don't know that if they have that here. No, and Jimmy Garoppolo threw eight more passes than you and I did yesterday. Yes, I that's mean, correct. That's it. Yes. He threw yep. eight more passes than you, me, and everyone on the crew did yesterday. Mm-hmm. And let's be real, that's not going to get it done against the Chiefs. Uh, that, that you're going to have to throw a lot more than eight times if you want to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And I, I think Kyle Shanahan knows that. And mm-hmm. I, I think that the game plan yesterday was very vanilla, especially after that first quarter when it was very evident that all the San Francisco 49ers needed to do was hand the ball to 31 right. and, and they were going to win the yep. game. Uh, and, and once that happened, you could almost see Jimmy Garoppolo just relax. And the rest of that game from the from the basically middle second quarter on was just all right. Let's salt this thing away and and let's get ready to to get on a plane and go down to Miami Uh, because that game was pretty much uh, it it was dominated by the front seven. I don't think it's going to be that kind of game down in Miami. I think the Chiefs are hopefully if you're a Chiefs backer, at least 
are going to get are going to play better in the beginning parts of the game because let's be real if the Chiefs do what they did in the first quarter against Houston or Tennessee and all of a sudden the Niners get a 14 nothing lead it, it, it could get interesting very fast because unlike Green Bay and unlike uh Houston uh or excuse me unlike Minnesota mm-hmm. this is this is not just going to be a rollover spot for Patty Mahomes. I know the Packers didn't roll over yesterday, but that game was over at halftime. I mean, it was 27, nothing. There was nothing that green Bay and Aaron Rodgers could do to pull themselves out of that hole. So San Francisco is going to have a very different challenge on their hands uh, in two weeks down in Miami. It it will be one of the more fascinating matchups, Kansas city offense, San Francisco defense, but I think you can't rule out what San Francisco has done offensively this year. Uh, they've pretty much yardage wise have, have been one of the best teams in the NFL. Jimmy Garoppolo though, is the question. He has not been there before. Obviously neither is Mahomes, but I, you just feel a little safer with the ball in Mahomes' hands. I think at this point. Yeah. And I don't want to hold it against uh, Garoppolo because it's not fair. The sure. guy had eight passes because he wasn't asked to do anything more than what that was, which is still mind blowing to me. I mean, I, I knew it was going to be one sided from a from some aspects of that game. But the idea that Green Bay, everybody watching in the universe, everybody knew they were going to run the ball. And yet Green Bay still rolled out nickel and dime packages the entire game uh, and never boxed, never put eight man in the front. In fact, the numbers, I believe, in the game were um, Mostert only ran against a box of eight or more on 13 percent of his carries. They were rolling wow. out nickel and dime packages on defense, which they had done, by the way, most of the season, uh, to protect against the pass from a team that had absolutely zero intention of actually passing the ball. And then once he got <laughs> past that line of scrimmage, and, and again, this is kind of the mind blowing thing. It's like you made zero, Mike Patton, everybody made this big thing about Mike Patton. You went an entire game and never adjusted once to what they were doing. The guy threw eight passes and you ran nickel and dime packages and only stacked the box on 13% of his runs. Like I, I'm, I'm, am I not a well coached game by the Packers? No, just terrible. And it, once it went off the rails, uh, it went off the rails and, you know, and Aaron Rodgers again, didn't Mr. Championship Aaron Rodgers gets to this point. And, you know, he again becomes part of the problem. He's 36 years old. He's a, he's a little bit slower. Some of those sacks, you've got to (laughs) listen, dude, you, you've got to get rid of the damn ball when you've got that kind of front going up. He held on to the ball too long. His record, you know, wasn't recognizing. Listen, the second half was nice, but guys, when you dive into his numbers, okay, his numbers were ridiculous. Yeah. He completed, uh, you know, 80% of his passes, but guys, it was for an average of like three yards, like he, the ball wasn't going anywhere. Like he was getting it to people and they weren't moving the ball. And that to me was the, was the mind blowing part of it is that he wouldn't throw to Richard Sherman, which took away half the field. Richard Sherman for the first time is actually, he moved from one side to the other side. But again, it, it was like every time Richard Sherman, it, it went, you wouldn't even, you took away half the damn field. He started off the game six of six, but on his first Eight drop back passes for Aaron Rodgers. The Packers gained negative yards. That that's yeah. that's how it was. So yeah, he's completing passes, 
but they're not going anywhere. It's like being stuck in quicksand. And it was like that all game. And I don't understand the lack of challenging Richard Sherman or avoiding him altogether was a little mind blowing to me in that game as well. Yeah, you know, and obviously the running game was was what kind of put Green Bay on their heels very early in Mm -hmm. that game. It was very evident uh, that they were not going to be able to stop the run. And you would think that there would be an immediate adjustment to that uh, by the Green Bay defense. But there wasn't. And Raheem Mostert, uh, and this is one of the great things that FanDuel does with the live player props. You could have gotten him at 110, at 120, at 140. Mm -hmm. I finally got it at 200. And that one was a relatively easy hit at the point in the game where I got it at. It was right before he scored his last touchdown. Well and done. Y- yeah, you couldn't you couldn't make that Raheem Mostert rushing prop number high enough once Coleman went out with an injury. That being said, Coleman being hurt is an interesting early handicap for this game in two weeks. Yep. Uh, I, I think Mostert, you know, I, I and and you know this based on you know what you've seen from my betting style over the last few months. Uh, I like to fade runs, and what we saw from Mostert was arguably one of the best performances by a running back in the history of the NFL playoffs. And and I will be fading that in terms of his player prop number probably uh, in two weeks because you know that that is going to be the first thing that Kansas City's defense is going to try to take away. Coleman's Mm -hmm. injury looked pretty bad, Joe. It looked like it was a dislocated elbow. And anytime you get carted off the field with an arm injury, then you know the injury's pretty bad. Uh, yep. When 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 your your when when your legs are perfectly fine, but you still can't make it off the field. So Coleman's injury, something to watch. He's been a dynamic weapon for San Francisco this season. But back to the Green Bay coaching, it, it really was unfortunate because Aaron Rodgers gets to that point, and it just there was no spot in that game where you're like, oh, they might make a run and make this interesting. Nope. And it, it, and unfortunately for Rodgers, now this is starting to become a theme. And like I said, that fumble when they were driving, I want to say the score was 14 nothing or 17 nothing. I, I forget where it was. Yeah, it was, it was, somewhere it in that was 17, and he was moving 17. down the field. Absolutely, yeah. yep. And, yep. and it, there was nothing that San Francisco did on that drive to stop Green Bay. Green, you know, Green Bay stopped themselves. There was no hit. There was no interception. There was no scheme. There was no blitz. It was just Aaron Rodgers dropped the snap. And I think at that point, the game was over. That was the point in the game where I was like, I can't see Green Bay overcoming this. They had to get some points on that drive. And then it was an immediate score and then another interception and then another score. And all of a sudden, 17 turned into 27. And when you're walking into the locker room down 27, nothing against the best defense in football, a top two, top three defense in football. I'm sorry, you're just not going to win that game. I don't care what kind of offense or what kind of hero is on the other side of the ball. There's just not much you can do at that point. Richard Sherman, again, second straight week with an interception. Uh, Mm. So that's another interesting one. And, you know, this is a guy you feel good for Richard Sherman. You know, I know he's had a troubled past with some of the things that, that have come out of his mouth. But this is a guy that tore his Achilles. He basically got run out of Seattle. And now he's had to come back and and tough spot to play in a division rival. And he's excelled and he's really taken on that role of the the, the veteran leader uh, for what's been a very young, very dynamic San Francisco offense. But he's kind of been that that steady presence in the back for them. And and he's going to get to play in another Super Bowl. Yeah, it, it's, you know, two things. Number one, you, you look at the the full stats here with Rodgers, like 31 of 39, 326, yeah, two touchdowns. He had good. two. He had 97 passer rating, but again, when the game mattered in the first half, guys, his numbers were 9 of 12, 65 yards, one pick, two sacks, 
lost 23 yards and had a 52 passer rating. Oh, yeah, and two fumbles, one in which he lost. So in the part of the game that mattered when his team was in it and needed him, he was nowhere to be found, guys, and that's the M.O. of Rodgers in championship moments. That's the third time he's had an opportunity in this spot, and it's the third time for whatever reason. you know. And this was my big thing yesterday, too. Frustrating as all hell this year if you were backing the Green Bay Packers to watch them usually in the first half come out firing, getting ahead, and then disappearing in the second half and holding on for dear life most frustrating thing in the world to watch a team with all, you know, that has that kind of talent. They look so dominating for one half and then they're gone in the second half. And only it was reversed here. They were nowhere to be found in the first half. And then a couple of empty netters in the second half when the game was fully out of reach, it was already lost. Um, That's been their MO two one dimensional too reliant upon two dudes. And when you play against a defense like San Francisco, and I don't think people realize That team defensively as a unit is quicker than any other defense in the NFL. And what I mean from that is that these guys, the way they swarm, they are so comfortable in knowing what their what their jobs are and positioning on the field. They just get there a half a step faster than everybody else, guys, because they're not thinking about anything. They are reacting And to Richard Sherman's credit, I mean, listen, when you got four guys that can cause that much havoc, it makes everything the secondary does look so much better. It makes it so much easier for them because those four guys are doing it. You're dropping linebackers. You can throw a couple extra DBs. These guys have no question from a form tackling um, to the ability to be able to be in the right spot at the right time. There is absolutely zero thinking on the part of this defense. They react and they get the job done and they are a half a step faster than everyone else. It's it's actually pretty damn impressive. Yeah, Robert Sala, Sala, I, I forget yep. how to pronounce his last name, but he he's he's on the short list, I think, uh for yep. the next job. Uh I, I was actually a little surprised that Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, uh still kind of yeah. uh, didn't get out of that head coaching or didn't get out of that uh, a coordinator role into the head coaching yep. role. I think Sal is another one of those guys that you're you're going to see his name pop up a lot over the next yep. couple of years. Now there is interesting. He's from that whole that Pete Carroll uh, that Pete Carroll defensive mold of rushing four. Mahomes has had pretty good success against that, <laughs> so it'll be interesting to be see what happens. Great. But more on that plus what else happened over the weekend next year on the grid nfl season is now upon us and you can become the eighth person to win one million dollars in a fan duel draft kings tournament by setting their lineups using the dailyroto.com dfs lineup optimizer if you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using dailyroto.com you're doing it wrong sign up now for the nfl access with a faster optimizer smarter dfs projections and better results enter promo code action for a 10 percent discount that's promo code action for a 10 percent discount dailyroto.com where millionaires are made. The two guys, uh, yesterday a very unique situation. And uh, Jared, I don't know if you, you caught it. You were on uh, air during the 49ers game. But yes, uh, I was talking to, uh, to Blewett and Ariel. We were going back and forth. And at one point, and again, guys, it's a market, right? Buy low, sell high is always the premise. Well, at one point, the Packers, because of that start, 
were getting the, the number was 20 and a half and it kept rising 20 and a half 21 23 i saw I 27 at one point. yeah it, it got so out of control and it was funny because some people's reaction was i i'm i'm that's it i'm done in this game i'm not i'm not yeah, buying yeah, it and yeah. i'm going i'm looking at 20 side. and a half and i'm going guys you got it they can't like I, it, it almost to the point where I, I was like, I got to take it. So I took it and I'm and I'm saying to myself in the second half, I'm like, if they don't cover 20 and I'm going to be so pissed off that I went in <laughs> on this and they don't. And thank goodness, of course, that last, um, you know, that last touchdown, they ended the up staying drive, yeah. under. But I was like, could you imagine getting 20 and a half in the championship game with Aaron Rodgers and not covering? But the opportunities presented themselves big time in-game live there yesterday as you were uh, on uh, right here on the network, I'm sure, going yeah. overall. The the Mostert prop was the one that immediately jumped out to me. Uh, once Coleman went down, I looked at it immediately, and I, it was early in the game still when Coleman went down, but I, I looked at it immediately, and it jumped up a little bit, and then it, it, it kind of flattened out, and and, and then I, I just kept I, – I wish I – I wish I put more on it, obviously, uh, but I was able to finally get get in at a decent price because uh, I tell you, the live props on FanDuel, I, we're, we, we pay very close attention to the live lines, and that's obviously something that we're supposed to do. But I think right. the live props almost offer more value sometimes because you can hone in on one specific matchup that you are seeing exploited, oh. and the algorithm rarely, rarely kind of calculates that. It's more just mm -hmm. what's been done so far. And, and what the player averages for the last part of the game. So the Mostert prop was the one yesterday where I thought there was a, a definitive advantage. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers as well. You would think getting that many points would be a good spot for him. Yeah, there was also, guys, huge opportunities. Um, I got Kansas City at minus 120 to win it when they were down 17-7. Yeah. to 7. There was They were a dog for like a minute. Very huge small. opportunity. So something to keep uh, an eye on, which is why you're here with us. We'll dive more into the bets coming up next hour here on the grid, sportsgrid.com.